Hello, everyone. So today it's podcast number 100. So I wanted to do something a little bit different. And I have with me Tanya and Belikta, who are admins of my Facebook group. So welcome, Tanya, and welcome, Belikta. Hi. Hi. Hello, everybody. I know that people are going to be very excited about that. So what we are going to do in this episode is answering questions that some people have asked in the Facebook group. And the first one is one of, I know it's one of Tanya's favorite. (laughs) And the question asks, what to do while you are waiting for your manifestation? And the person adds, for many beginners, statement like, go within or there is no such thing as time can be confusing and make it hard to have faith. Some concrete ideas on what to do in that meantime would be helpful to those who are just starting out. So what would you say? Maybe Tanya, because I know that Tanya really liked that question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, excuse me. I think first of all, you know, there is no waiting you know, if you are truly in the Sabbath, then you know it's done, right? So you're not looking at it as waiting. It's done, you felt it real in your imagination. But in in that period of time that, you know, people consider to be waiting, you just live your life. You know, you, you live your life. Yes, you have shifted internally, right? Hopefully your consciousness has shifted to being the person that you t- desire to be, but you still do the everyday normal things. You know, you eat, you wake up, you go to work, you hang out with your friends, eat dinner, like you're still doing those things. Mm-hmm. That doesn't change. And it's not going to change once your desires made manifest. I, I think the problem is people think they have to always be doing something yeah. when this law is about being. Yeah. There's nothing to do at that point. Exactly. What, is there anything you want to add, Belikta? Yeah, it's exactly the same. And I see this, that, that sometimes it's still, um, it's really to be in order to become and no more of this to do in order to have. That uh, I think is kind of mindset um, coming uh, from the law of attraction that uh, we have to do a lot of stuff there in the law of attraction. And um, that sometimes many people I know that come to the law of assumption from the law of attraction, and there there are a lot of crazy technique. I don't know, not even them all, but it's a lot of to do to stay on a certain vibration, and that is even difficult to go to enjoy normal life. Mm. <laughs> so I think it's really um, the shift has to happen in in mind setting that. We are just be in order to become. So it's, nothing has to, to be done. Yeah. The thing is, when we really imagine for a while that we are the person that we want to be, we have that knowing in such a way that we are no longer waiting. I don't know about you guys, but when I really imagine something, I get to a point, I'm not waiting anymore. I'm, I'm into my like my knowing feeling sometimes it's even like euphoria feeling Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm no longer waiting so if you feel like you are waiting then go back go back in go back in your imagination do your 
imaginal act, whatever it is, again and again and again until it feels natural. Okay. Someone told me recently that the word real didn't resonate with her, but when I said natural, it did. Okay. So if that makes more sense, the word natural than real, then yeah, feel it natural. And when you feel it natural, usually that waiting thing, which is uh, actually um, some type of fear anyway, when we are in a waiting mode, that should go away. Agreed. Yeah, it's true because waiting sounds like uh, uh, being in the awareness that is not there yet. So like we are going to a doctor and I'm sitting in the waiting room. So we are not yet at the doctor. So, and what should I do in the meantime? Because it's not there yet. So there's still um, maybe what can be done is something that going out of watching 3D that, uh, that is not yet manifested and we, waiting that that is the proof that the law works. When I really let go of that, um, I have to say uh, manifestation, they become instant. That's really amazing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So here's another question. How do we know when we have reached the feeling of naturalness? Just talked about it. For example, today I was running a scene over and over for at least an hour. I kept having a joyful feeling. So I thought this is not natural. I'll have to keep going. But I have noticed that I actually feel that joyful feeling most of the day now. And it's very easy for me to get into simply in, into simple into simple by thinking it is done. So perhaps that new feeling is actually my new natural. Hope it makes sense. So here, here I think uh, earlier before we hit the record button, uh, Belikta mentioned how people are trying to complicate things all the time. This is the case right there. <laughs> because basically the person is asking a question that they already answered and, and, and they're fine. They're doing fine, right? Basically, isn't it what you're understanding that the person is doing just fine? Yes, and I think there is a lot of confusion that because it's talk about the word feeling and Neville said feeling is not an emotion. I think that the feeling is a knowing. Exactly. Yeah, it's not an emotion. It's a feeling of naturalness is not an emotion. Yeah, it's just... Uh, for me, it's uh, knowing. Uh, this knowing oh. is more relaxation and peace. So it's, it's, it's done. It's re expansion and relax. So it's not really a feeling of... Yeah, maybe feeling peaceful. I don't know. Huh. Or relax. I'm oh. glad you said that, Belicta. I'm sorry to cut you off, Sylvia. No, no, yeah, I was just going to ask you, what do you think? Uh, yeah, because I, I think, again, this is where, you know, people want us to define everything. And there's some things that are just undefined. You know, mm -hmm. like Belicta mentioned what feels, how she would feel if something feels natural, where I might feel something like relief, right? Yeah. But even how those two things might feel to any three of us might just feel different in our respective bodies. You know, so I can't tell someone how something is going to feel natural for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of lack of confidence, uh, even in this community. So there, people are afraid to 
actually test and trust, you know? Mm. You're supposed to test the law for yourself, by the way. No matter how much you read, how much you learn, how many videos you watch, podcasts you listen to, you're supposed to test the law for yourself. And then you become your own lab, right? You, you analyze how things work for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, and I, uh, for me, was very important. I told you last year the legacy of um, Len that uh, I really started uh, to to test the law uh, to make my uh, faith stronger. And mm-hmm. then, uh, if, let's say, the feeling of being a natural manifester, uh, it was easy. So. Uh, the shift because it was like it, it's norm the new normal mm-hmm. uh, but i really uh, took my focus uh, away from um the the goal a desire and just uh, wanting to manifest my faith in in the law and the trust yeah. Yeah. and that's the only way is really to to test it uh, neville said that himself yeah that's another thing too many people are too focused on their desires and sometimes it's one desire, even not even desires. And uh, so in the process, they forget about the whole law. As a matter of fact, they forget about building faith, about building knowledge, um, testing, uh, enjoying, practicing, playing with the law. They forget about all of that because they are too focused on their desire. I've got to have that. Yeah. So the next question asks, how to deal with your current contradictory circumstances, especially when they are all around you? For example, manifesting physical appearance change when you just have to look down and see the contrary of what you want to manifest. So what, 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 do you, what would you say, Tanya? I haven't heard about you from you. Um. Well, I, I think this is, you know, again, an example, like I, I would assume maybe this person hasn't read Neville. Um, you know, brazen impudence is one of my favorite mm-hmm. <clears throat> lectures, um, right. you know, and the quote about being moved around on the chessboard like a pawn, you know, um, I, I, I think one of the biggest issues that people have is thinking the 3D is so real because mm-hmm. you experience it with your physical senses. Yeah. So they don't understand the illusion of it and that, you know, it changes when you change. Yes. Um, and not being able to deny what you see and also understanding that there are times when, you know, things have to fall apart to be put back together again, right? So just because something is looking contradictory doesn't mean that it, you know, it's, you're not any closer to making your desire manifest. Sometimes yeah. that thing has to look like that, right? If you know that you're in the Sabbath to, you know, bring about whatever it is that, that you're manifesting. Again, it goes back to the knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever your circumstances are right now, it's just all manifestations. It's what you've been imagining sometimes for years. So it is here. It is here. Okay. So as long as you know, well, it's not here by accident. I've manifested that at some point. 
once you change your, you know, you take another road. Now you, you're on the road of being a conscious manifester, imagining purposely rather than unconsciously. It has to, it's bound to change. That's the law. When you change your imaginal life, when you change your inner conversations, when you change your feelings, your life will change. I mean, I am, I am a living proof of that. My life was a piece of crap. But it changed completely. Just why I'm the same person, right? But I changed from within. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, and I remember you told me once, Sylvain, that I was for very long, uh, maybe yeah, very long in a certain state, that I believe that it's me, and that is true because. I know I was married for 26 years and it was not really the best story and a lot of crap happened that I unconsciously manifested and I take the full responsibility that I done it from a super crappy self-concept yeah. but it was for so long and uh, really things ended last year in March but I was still, it was something get been over 10 years, 9 years so I was really thinking, accept it. I don't know that it, it's me um, and uh, not even questioning anymore that I was in that state. So, and I think um, we don't have to be kind of forced or brutal and thinking, oh, overnight we change what has been for 10 years. It can happen when you're really super good and it's happening now more and more when I'm really aware, oh, this is just a state I fall in. So, and I, but it's not me. So, and then I can detach from the, let's say negative circumstances and taking my power back and say, okay, uh, no, this is me no more. Yeah. And I shift. When we have been in a, in a state, in a concept, of ourselves for many, many years, we really identify with it and we think that it's us. Yeah, that, that's me. That's just, I, I was born this way, I'll die this way. It's, it's, it's a feeling that the ego is very good at making us believing that this is you, you know, this, this is just you. You will never change, but it's so not true. Absolutely not true. I mean, I have a client, she's, a, she's really my number one go-to now because she was in a very, very negative state, to say the least. And she is now on the cloud. I mean, this is a real story. This is one of my client's story. So I know it's possible to change from the worst self-concept to the best. So nobody has any excuse. If people who are coming from the, the worst place emotionally can do it, anybody can do it. Well. Yes, I, I told that. I wrote also that success story last year when I was uh, after your workshop uh, in your group, VIP group last year about uh, let go the old man for good. And that was a part of my old self-concept that really when I killed that and it was about financial stuff, I really manifested in not even two weeks, mm -hmm. um, 10,000. Uh, and um, it was <laughs> usually, it was amazing. It was like, oh my God, this is really, and I saw that pretty fast. 
but um, it's really a connection of really let go the, the old state. And somehow I see also with clients of mine, we have a kind of nostalgia, a kind of weird love to the old man that sometimes I, I don't understand myself. Where victimhood they, is addictive. It's it's no it's yeah, a no yeah. Yeah. to the old story. So because I think we are used to be for so long this identification that mm. we really think when we have to kill the old man, we are killing ourselves. So it is, it is so. But yeah, I think um, it's the only way uh, to move forward. Yeah. Anything you want to add, Tanya? No, no. No, you sure? You know, we love, <laughs> no. we, we love to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely agree. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like being in, in I, I mean, depending on your old man. You know, you, you see people in abusive relationships and you wonder why they keep going back, yeah. you know, but it's it's like familiarity, you know, mm -hmm. no matter how bad it is. It's like, well, you know, th this is my lot in life. This is probably the best I can do. Let me go back to him or her because this is what I know. Um, so it really is about taking a leap of faith um, and understanding that you are not that person. You are not that state. You're not your thoughts. You're not any of that. All, all you really are is God, you know, experiencing these different states of being. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the next question here is actually, you can tell there is a lot of confusion, confusion in the question. That's why I want to mention it. I want to read that question because if one person is confused, I bet many more are about the same topic. So this person asks, which method is preferable Persisting sats daily until desire manifest or Sabbath and totally forget about it. It seems Neville recommended both methods in different books. Did he change his point of view at some point? So I see a lot of what <laughs> I see a lot of issues with that question. Maybe yeah, I'm I'm not I mean I'm not trying to make fun of the person, but I'm I'm not even understanding the question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, we we're not making fun of anybody anyway. We're not even mentioning what they are whatsoever. It doesn't matter. The thing is, okay, uh first of all, Sabbath is not a technique. <laughs> no, no. Sabbath is for, for people who are confused, uh, like this person is the Sabbath is a a reflection it's a result that we get once we have imagined long enough and that long enough could be anywhere from 10 minutes to 10 years it all depends on you guys right but when you have imagined long enough to the point that you feel that whatever it is that you want is yours or whoever you want to be is you that's when you feel that sabbath thing so the sabbath is not a technique. And it seems that this person thinks that the Sabbath is a technique like sets because she puts it in the same category. It's, it has nothing to do with it. Um, so anyway, no. what would you want to add to this? Not even persisting is not even a technique. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, I, what I feel underlining this question is still so what I have to do to get my thing so yeah. and if we are doing asking this i wanted to do it right how much i have to do how many minutes this and that 
and I see a lot of pressure. How, what have to do to get my whatever, speed, money, health, what? what. And, and then it's still what we want to, to get something. And then we forgot completely. We make it also unconsciously on a pedestal. So, but we are um, we are the prize. I don't know how, but it's not that we have to put us in a pedestal. The prize is really to become an awakened manifestor, a conscious manifestor. So then we can have everything. It doesn't even matter. We can also make rules uh, about how we manifest. But a lot of questions are always the the goal is to to get something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Most most people in the manifesting community are still there for some reason. They, I'm sure they will grow, you know, and we can definitely imagine that they will <laughs> and move from that. But uh, yeah, most people, truth be told, are in the, the, the state of I want something, I'm here to get something instead of working on themselves and, and actually found themselves instead of finding uh, you know whatever they're looking at looking for whatever they are after anyway um so as far as did did neville change his point of view at some point what what would you say uh, tanya did neville change his point of view I, i'm sorry but I'm, I'm still trying to process the question <laughs> i know i i'm sorry sylvia could you just like repeat it uh, again okay yeah so she said, which method is preferable persisting sats daily until desire manifest or Sabbath and totally forget about it? It seems Neville recommended both methods in different books. Did he change his point of view? Okay. All right. I think I got it. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to piggyback <clears throat> off what Belicta is saying. And I think another issue is that, you know, people look at this law as getting something, yeah. you know, and, and I know we've said repeatedly in our group that it's, no, it's that's not what it is, you know, and, you know, you manifest from what you are, not what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading, uh, I think I shared that with you, Sylvia, conversations with God. And one line I'll never forget is, you know, where God, you know, says to this man that you can't, um, what did he say? You can't get what you want. Mm-hmm. Right. And the guy was like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you always think that you're wanting something, yeah. right? when yeah. are you ever going to get it? Because you're in a perpetual state of wanting. Yes. Right. Yes. So you have to then shift to that person who has it or yes. is that person, yes. you yes. know? So that's what the persistence is. And again, people think that persisting is doing something, you mm-hmm. know, until it shows up, the persisting is knowing who you are. Yes. You know, that's what the persistence is. Dwelling in that feeling that you are who you want to be, who has everything that you want to have. Yeah, that's that's what persisting is. It's nothing else. Just persisting in that feeling. And guess what? Even when you have the thing, you better persist in that feeling because if you start thinking you're going to lose it. Ooh. Yes, that's when it's most critical. Yeah. You know, which is why Neville tells you to think of, the, you know, go think from the wish fulfilled yeah. Not the wish, you know, who yeah. are you once everything is said and done? Exactly, exactly. But uh, there are sometimes also, um, um, mi- I'm not a misunderstanding, thinking that 
it's told uh, never before the promise and after the promise and some people think that after the promise he denied everything what he said before yeah. he, evolved, he evolved but his last book uh, is called the law and the promise, the promise both yeah not, not the law and take the promise uh, he explained at the beginning the law and then he explained what is the promise yeah and exactly. they are not contradictory at all no so and that's why he, he never changed his opinion or that he is he was contradicting himself so if you read all the books in a chronological order you see the evolution where he believed that we have this uh, 3d and we have somehow to shift in in between this and after the promise he believed in infinite states and that um we just have to choose which state and it's uh, a little that yeah and the awakening but um he, he never contradicted himself i don't know why no. many people think that no he didn't okay so the next question ask what do you do once you become aware of the counterproductive thoughts you're thinking because you are already so deeply emotionally involved with the thought by this time so what do we do? Do we wait? Do we wait until we feel that bad? <laughs> About the collective thinkings, the, the conscious thinking, what we do about the conscious thinking. The, the counterproductive thoughts, you know, when you start feeling bad and bad and worse, and then you, you're so overwhelmed with the feeling, what do you do? Basically, that's what this person asked. I do myself... Um, Take a break and do the I am meditation. I repeat, I am, uh, I am that I am, or just I am, just to remember who I am. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they go away. And basically what I would say, and then we want to hear from Tanya, right? <laughs> what, what I would say is me as a conscious manifester, I do not wait until I feel that bad. Nowhere, nowhere. A part of being a conscious manifesto is to observe your thoughts, right? You're supposed to observe what you're doing. What are you doing with your mind? What's going on? You know, what, what you're doing. And you're supposed to stop yourself before you go, you feel so bad, right? And, and, and there are many ways, you know, you, you stopping yourself starts with a decision. You know, you make the decision. Okay, no, I'm not going to go there. Nowhere. And, you know, you can start. If you, if you can, you, you can go into a meditation, you know, you can just get distracted with something, you know, whatever works, whatever you can do at that moment. But the point is, don't let your thoughts overwhelm you. And, and you haven't noticed yet, you know, you, you are overwhelmed. Wow. By the time you're overwhelmed, you, you must have been completely unconscious for a while. And as conscious manifestors, it's, not acceptable anymore. We, we're not supposed to be unconscious anymore. <laughs> so that's my thought on that. What would you say, Tanya? Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, self-observation is key. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that we are, we are not our thoughts, right? So I, I don't over-identify with anything like that oh. anymore. I, I really don't. And, you know, if something comes up, you know, like I don't attach a feel like I like you said, I don't get to that point. 
because it means nothing and it doesn't mean something until you attach a feeling to it. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, okay, I had this thought and just kind of watch it float by, you know, um, I'm not going to let it make or break me, but you know, people, I, I think really need to understand who they are. Like what Belicta was saying, like, you know, take a minute, you know, return to the first principle, remember who you are and that you are not those thoughts. Yeah, exactly. You are the creator, not the creation. So the thought is the creation. How is that bigger than you if you are the creator? Yeah. Exactly. You're not your thought. That's very important to remember that. Yeah. Very good point. Very good point. Yeah, I think also going into the silence or stillness within, because um, but what also Neville said that at the end of every lecture to uh, and now let's go into the silence. And usually we um, misunderstand, I don't know what is the silent that he meant and not going into the head where it's very noisy, full of whatever. When I go into the silent, it's more space around the heart. No? And then it's very still. So because sometimes it's the, the mind so, so full of noise that uh, the only thing is really <laughs> the way out. This is why many people, and I, Myself, because years, years ago, uh, I really was so much in the mind that I uh, suffered of panic attacks. So till I went to the uh, clinic because I was really spiraling all day long. And by the way, all the stuff manifested. So I don't recommend to wait till uh, we are so in spiraling, full of fear and bad thoughts that... Mm we need to, to find a doctor. So, but see, uh, try to be really observe and say, where is my focus? Is so much on the 3D circumstances or, or more about who I truly am? And uh, not wait too long, no? Too long. Yeah. yeah, whatever it is, don't, don't let you guys be overwhelmed with your own thoughts. Like Tanya said, you're not your thoughts. You are the creator of it. You know, there is a, a, a guy that I really like to listen to uh, online. And he always says, you know, uh, thoughts are, are, are just thoughts. You're the creator. The, the worst to the best thought you ever have, you're the one doing it. Nobody's doing it for you. It's not like if someone was holding a knife against your throat. Right? You're doing it. You are. It's your thought. So get out of that bubble, like, like you think that your thought is anything that's coming outside of you that someone is doing to you. Hmm. It's, it's your own thoughts. You, you're creating it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how as humans, we are scared of our own creation, basically, because you know, someone trying to harm you physically, it's one thing, right? Even if you manifested that, well, they are doing it to you. But the thought, I'm sorry, only we are doing it to ourselves. Nobody is doing it for us. It's right. It's amazing when you think about it. And I always go back to that scripture where I think it's in Isaiah, where it says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You know, like if you think your thoughts are a weapon, it can do something to you. They can't, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they can't, yeah. you know? So like, you know, like we said, we are the creator, not the creation. Exactly, exactly.
Yeah. Yeah, because I also was often asked uh, which thoughts manifest. Yeah. And I think those, uh, we think so many thoughts during the day, I think 60 or 70,000. But the dominant thoughts, because they are connected to the state we are in, they yeah. do manifest. Exactly. So, the, the thoughts that are coming from your states, you know, those yeah, manifest. If you have, you know, I made a video late, not, not too long ago about that. You know, not all thoughts manifest, far from it. But definitely the thoughts that you truly believe you know the thoughts that are coming from your state i mean the thoughts are coming from the state anyway uh especially the ones that affect you tremendously yeah those sure those manifest because they are coming from the state that's your state that's manifesting as a matter of fact and that's creating those thoughts but other than that yeah if you don't give any power to the thought itself yeah it it, it won't matter no, it's important also to know that, uh, as you said, all the thoughts, they have not uh, a life of their own. They are not jumping on us and uh, yeah. assaulting. Mm -hmm. uh, they are part of a state. So okay. and, um, they can, and even bad thoughts. So every state adds good and bad and neutral thoughts. Uh, and But I know that a lot of people, they hope, they say, oh, please don't tell me that thoughts manifest. So no. Not the thoughts do not manifest, but the state does. So, and that's the difference. I'm glad you said that, Belikta. Let me just jump in here. Yeah. Because this also goes with emotions. Like, like I, I don't know what people think states are, but you can have an array of thoughts and emotions and whatever, but still know you're in a state. You mm -hmm. know, like, you know, I, I had a job situation where, I, you know, like, I, I I'm just... You know, I've, I've been angry. I've been happy. I've been upset. I've, you know, I've had thoughts. I want to like choke my coworkers, but it doesn't <laughs> change the fact, right. That I am a social worker, you know, working in this jail, like that is my state as far as my profession, you know? So if people would understand that and, and make their state solid and their dominant state, they wouldn't be so worried about the thoughts and the emotions that they're having within mm, the state. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it, I also happened to me two days ago. So I was, uh, when I cry, it's usually where I'm angry. But I was really, yeah, I know I was embodied that state and it belongs also to get angry and to cry. But it was interesting, a different way of crying because like I was observing me crying, I decided, okay, I let it out. I don't want to suppress any emotion mm. and I could let it go. So, um, and sometimes I also... And in the past, I think I was also chatting once with you, Sylvain, thinking, oh, when you are a conscious manifesto because you are on a spiritual path, you have to be in a kind of holy and yeah. every shit that people serve you. Yeah. <laughs> Even if then they say, oh, it's yourself pushed out. But then I said, no, I do not push out only golden nuggets. Sometimes I pushed out a part of me that I really do not like. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it's sure. okay to say I don't take it. I that's make me upset. That makes triggers me, but it's it's okay. So we are yeah. not. So we're gonna answer one last question here, which is more like a statement than a question. It says money manifestation, like you need money within time crunch, or else you will face court orders. 
and money appears from nowhere, that's quite a challenge, to be honest. So what would you say about that? <laughs> that's not true, sorry. Uh, no, it's true for those who have that assumption. But since I say that I am a money magnet and I get money every day, it does since. Money does it actually come from nowhere, for sure. It does. It does. I found money on the street. Uh, and I found also money at the beach. Uh, so, but not little money, 50 euros. So uh, 30 euros. So if people say, oh, they don't, money don't grow on the trees. Uh, yeah, but sometimes we also, money comes to me easily and effortlessly. And I, I'm a money magnet and I truly get everyday money. So, yeah. and so this is my assumption and it works. But if I have an assumption that it's difficult and it, it has to, to be proved and show and manifest. Yeah, and the, the fact that money can appear from anywhere doesn't mean that it falls from the sky, but really from anywhere it could be someone, you know, that gives you money. Like it happened to me, a, a tall stranger that I didn't know from Adam who is now a friend, but back in the days, once upon a time, I needed money badly. And he, he was the person there, I didn't know him before, who gave me all the money that I needed at the time. So, and Neville has plenty of success stories in his books of people who got money like that from, from strangers or from someone they had completely forgotten about who died and, and they inherited some money or, you know, I mean, that's only the ego that think that money is supposed to come from something logical that we know. But no, no, not at all. It can come from anywhere. But, but I think also is the old belief, the narrative we also uh, know from the past that you have to work hard to get money hmm. and um, a lot of limiting beliefs around money. Oh, yeah. So, and um, last year I had a group, uh, we have uh, also to test the law to manifest every day um, uh, 10 things or five things. And I remember once was uh, to manifest to get 10, receive 10 euros. And that happened in such a crazy way that I thought, okay, <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, have doubts anymore. And I really received that um, in one day, the 10 euro of, uh, a group of guys who are having a, a Halloween party one week before Halloween, uh, and they were pretty noisy. And then they wanted just to say, we are sorry that we are so loud and making music. And they throw 10 euros and say, sorry for, for <laughs> And then I say, uh, and then they were, I said, no, I don't want to have any money. I want, first he wanted to give me 50. And I said, no, but they were all masquerade. It was not possible even to recognize them. <laughs> and they they throw the, this person throw really 10 euro in in the door and run away so i said this is crazy this is really crazy so and just say i want to, to manifest 10 euros and this, this was the way it came wow. uh, one day so um it's in also there is this story of uh, this woman that she uh, what you say with the one the one with isn't it wonderful story i think it was she yeah exactly yeah it was amazing she definitely got money from an unbelievable in an unbelievable way she she sure did 
And I, I always add when it's a big sum of money, uh, yeah, one way also to get money is also to heritage money. So that happened to me three times in this life. So I, I always say if I have a large sum of money without that, no one is passing away. So mm. because that can also happen. What would you say, Tanya, about that? Um, well, I, I've always, I always see money as the middle. Um, yeah. You know, un unless your desire is to just kind of hoard bills in your, you know, that's not the point of money. Like no, there's something that you want to achieve or experience. So again, I, I just always just go to the end of that. Um, it may not require money. I mean, even if it does require money, maybe somebody else will pay for it. Maybe I'll get it free, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, so I've, I've never focused on money. You know, mm -hmm. I focused on what I've wanted to experience that mm -hmm. may require money to, you know, have that. Mm -hmm. exactly. So like in that example with the court order, I, I, I'm assuming that maybe money needed to be paid to like, I, I don't know, pay a yeah. fine or whatever it was. You know what I mean? So just, you know, live in the end of that, you know, yeah. the relief that it's over or, you know, whatever it is and it'll work itself out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Money is definitely a middle. Exactly. You know, I've told that to many of my clients who are wanting money, wanting to manifest money. What do you want? What lifestyle do you want? Right. That, that's where you need to go. How do you want to feel? How do you want to feel when you go to a store? You know, that, that's what you have to feel. And, and, and the money will follow because money, money on its own, nobody wants money. Mm -hmm. yeah. We want to feel a certain way. We want to be able to go on vacation. We want to have the, the house that we want to, want, want to live in, you know, wh whatever, whatever lifestyle we want. That's what we want. Not the money per se. Yeah, nobody wants money. Just to have experiences. So money, so, and we decide what we want to experience, maybe, maybe luxury in, in a certain place yeah. or maybe just to feel safe. But also that reminds me that I was often asked, uh, yeah, from clients, how do I know if my desire is coming from my ego or coming from my, uh, from my soul or higher self or from my true heart? So, and I, I don't know, I would like to know what do you think about Sylvain or, and Tanya? How do you know? Go ahead, Tanya. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think that question even goes to the, you know, the illusion of separation. Um, <laughs> you know, your ego is not separate from you. Like everything was created by God. So I, people kind of want to vilify the ego like it's a bad thing. Your ego is never going anywhere. Right. So even when we kill the old man, you you want to resurrect a, an ego that's more, you know, aligned with, you know, your true self. But the ego's not going anywhere. You just mm -hmm. want to change it. Um, and all desires are from God. Like, yeah. does does it really matter where it's coming from? They're, they're from God regardless. Yeah. So I, I think people think too much. Um, and and by the way, Neville never thought about such a thing. Neville was very clear on yeah. that. You know, a desire is a desire. They all okay for. They were all okay for him. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, I I think you know I don't know if that's if it's coming from guilt or people feeling that they shouldn't want a certain thing or experience a certain thing. But yeah, that could be. Let it go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let it go. Yeah. 
Yeah, there is no wrong desire. See, Neville was more into the desire of being a, a teacher, right? That's what he wanted to do. That's what he did. But like he said, his brother Victor was more into money and business. Well, that's what that was his desire. And he, he was very clear into saying there's no right or wrong. Each one is on desire. That's fine. Right? I mean, there's no such wrong desire. Sorry? I think more than right or wrong, I think, and what I perceive from Neville, he never judged. Also, someone no. who wanted to build a house, yes. Someone who wants to have a painting for the house, it's okay. Someone who wants to go home for Christmas was okay. So he yeah. never judged. And someone who wanted a specific person, it was okay. See, yeah, Neville mm -hmm. never judged, or oh, this is wrong, this is right, like some people are doing nowadays, right? But Neville never did that. But the part of us who judge is, is the ego. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's not the higher self, because the higher self is connected to unconditional love, and there is no condition, and it's just love. But when we say, oh, this is good, this is bad, is bad. And a lot of things, I think, coming also from what is a desire defined by religions that is more craving and obsession. But yeah, everyone has to find out. And someone, uh, if has also an obsession, I think uh, Neville said, please do something with the golden rules because the law is impar impartial and always works. And that's why uh, we have we have to decide. So what uh, where it's coming from? But uh, I do believe that uh, as long as we are living on this human planet, we are all things coming from us. So we have a body, and most of the things yeah. are coming from a level of let's say existential material stuff. And I think yeah. also whoever relationship with sp is the, and to experience love with a person is something that is very human yeah as long as we are in this body we're gonna have ego desire but they're all the same they're all god's desire it doesn't matter yeah so anyway that was very good uh i hope uh you you girls enjoyed it I certainly enjoyed it, and I hope the audience of this podcast enjoyed this special 100 episode. Yay. Anything that you want to add uh, for the for the the audience here before we cut off the recording? No, just to thank you to give us this opportunity. I really truly love and appreciate it, and uh, I think you are an amazing teacher of novels. Really. You infected me with your love and passion and gratitude for him. And oh, I, I see your, that in what you are doing. And I also see that in what is Tanya is doing. So that really to share uh, this love and gratitude for Neville and yeah. also tell to people, hey, let's keep it simple. It's not complicated. Yeah, let's keep it simple. Very true. Let's keep it simple. Any last word for the audience, uh, Tanya? Well, of course, you know, like, well, like Belicta said, I'm sorry. You know, thank you for having us here. Um, you know how I feel about you, Sylvian. Um, yeah, I feel the same. I love yeah. you guys. <laughs> yes, we have a wonderful family here. And, yeah, you know, love. for the audience, yes, you know, just have faith. 
you know, you can't go wrong. You can't mess anything up, you know, have fun. This is a virtual reality as, as real as things may seem, it's, it's not real, you know? So, so have fun with this, you know, just have fun, make your life what you want it to be. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for listening guys. And as you know, I truly appreciate you. <laughs>